two. Act two. <laughs> See, garden at the manor house. Uh, a flight of grey stone steps leads up to the house. The garden at an old-fashioned one, full of roses. Time of year, July. Basket chairs and a table covered with books are set under a large yew tree. <laughs> I what the fuck that is. It's a yew tree. Are you fucking stupid? I don't know what a yew tree is, Well, man. then you need to get learned, my dude. Shut up. No. Miss Prism discovered <laughs> seated at the table, and Cecily is at the back watering flowers. I wanted, I wanted the end of this because it's, it's the time of year, July. Basking chairs and a table covered in books. Ding, ding. <laughs> okay. So, Miss Prism, that's you. <laughs> Calling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Miss Frizzle for a second. No, you Miss Prism, fuckface. <laughs> Cecily. Cecily. Shirley. <laughs> sorry. Now I'm starting to become Marv Albert. Such a utilitarian occupation as watering flowers is rather Molten's duty, not yours, brother. Especially at the moment when intellectual pleasures await you. Your German grammar is on the table. Pray open it at page 15. We will repeat yesterday's lesson. Okay. No. No, no, just no. hold for a second. No. I feel like I'm really close to that with Lane. Would you consider picking a different voice? Also, you have a lot of dialogue with this character, so that's going to get real old real fast. For me? No. Fine. Fuck. And now, you're gonna, you know, now you've thrown my, my base off here. Now i got to think of something. Let's see. You could be Jacob T. Clahodge. <laughs> fucking stupid. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> well, you haven't met Mickey else yet, buddy. <laughs> I'm not doing Mickey. That's you. No, that's me. You're damn right, that's me. You know, I could probably you, you make could. that work. Okay. I may, I'm not going to do Marv. I'm just going to make it a little bit more raspy. So you go with Cecily, because that is you. You could do another professor that we uh, like to do the voice of. Yeah, we could. Okay. I'll do that one. Okay. <clears throat> but I don't like German. <laughs> it is an all-becoming language. I know perfectly well. That I look quite plain after my German lesson. Child, you know how anxious your guardian is that you... Whoa, we got some right. feedback yeah, there on is, that one. This is legit perfect. This is... Yes. You should improve yourself every way. <laughs> we laid particular stress on you German. On you German. Fuck it, I'm leaving that in. As he was leaving for town yesterday. Indeed. He has always laid stress on your German when he is leaving for town. <laughs> Every day! Dear Uncle Jack, he's been so very serious. Sometimes he's so serious that I think he cannot be quite well. Miss <laughs> Prism drawing herself up. Your guardian enjoys the best of the health. In the gravity of the demeanor is always to be commended in one so comparatively young as he is. I know that no one has a higher sense of duty and responsibility. <laughs> I suppose that Lucas! I suppose what is his voice? <laughs> I suppose that is often why he often looks a little bored when we, we are three are together. It's because he knows I'm kissing sunshine! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you think we have to edit that out? Probably. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Oh, God. Where were we? Okay. <laughs> Cecily, I'm surprised that you, Mr. Worthing, has spent many troubles, adult merriment, and triviality would be out of place in this conversation. You shouldn't do that. 
You must remember his constant anxiety and the unfortunate young man, his brother. <laughs> what is his name? I wish Uncle Jack would allow that unfortunate young man, his brother, to come down here sometimes. We might have a good influence on him, Miss Prism. I'm sure you certainly would. You know German and geology and the things of that kind influence a man very much. Yes, of course That's they do. That's what right in her diary. Miss Prism shaking her head. I, I can't break the fact that Miss Prism sounds too much like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. On the Magic School Bus. Rockabade! <laughs> Arnold! <laughs> I don't think that even I could produce an effect of on a character that, according to his own brother's admission, is irretrievably weak and vacillating. Indeed, I'm not sure I would desire to reclaim him. I don't even know how internet links work. <laughs> I'm not in favor of his modern mania for turning bad people into good people at a moment's notice. As a man soars, so let him re- <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you must put away your diary, Cecily. I really don't want to see you keeping a diary all day. That started turning Jamaican. I gotta not do that. <laughs> you didn't do Jamaican. <clears throat> Sorry. I keep a diary in order to, to enter the wonderful scenes of, of, secrets. My, of my secrets of my life. <laughs> if I don't write them down, I should probably forget all about them. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> Remember, my dear Cecily, is the diary that we keep all around us. <laughs> it surrounds us. It penetrates us. It's like the force. Okay. <clears throat> yes, but... Condescending uh, bastard. You, but it, yes, but it usually chronicles the things that have never happened and couldn't possibly have happened. I believe that memory is responsible for nearly all three volumes. Now... <laughs> Volume novels that Moody sends us. There you go. <laughs> I was wondering if you are going to finish that. Do not speak slightingly of the three-volume novel. <laughs> That's the best book. <laughs> Cecily, I wrote one myself in earlier days. Jesus Christ, three volumes? No. <laughs> God, it's like reading Art of War. Uh, <clears throat> Except that's actually interesting. Did you really, Miss Prism? <clears throat> How wonderfully clever you are. I hope it did not end un end happily. I don't like novels that end happily. They depress me so much. Fucking, this is, oh my god. You're like how frail I'm making sense. I, I love this. She sounds like she's going to break bones when she talks. And she's scared. I'm also just trying to reel from the fucking personality disorders that are going on in every one of these characters. Yeah, it's bad, it's bad. This is a, this is, oh my god. No. Okay. <laughs> the good ended happily! <laughs> and the bad unhappily! That is what fiction means! <laughs> what the... What the... No! Anyway. <clears throat> that does kind of sound like him. I suppose so. But it seems very unfair. And was your novel ever published? Ah, no! No! <laughs> The manuscript, unfortunately, was abandoned. <laughs> I use the word in the sense of lost or mislaid. To your work, child, these speculations are profitless. Honestly, God, I wish this would just continue for pages. This is so... <laughs> God. Cecily's smiling. 
but I see dear Mr. Chastel riding up through the garden. Dr. Chastel, this is indeed a pleasure! <laughs> Enter. Enter Cannon Chastel. Chast oh no. This uh, uh. is you. Yes, it is. <laughs> How are we this morning, my dear? Miss Prism, you are, I trust, well. Good God. Roll with it. Miss <laughs> uh, Prism has been just complaining of a slight headache. I think it would do her much, so much good to have a short troll with you in the park, Dr. Chasmel. Cicely, I have not mentioned anything about a headache. <laughs> no, dear Miss Prism, I know that. This but fucking three-way conversation. you've had a headache. Indeed, I was thinking about that, and not about my German lesson when the rector came in. You know the rector! <laughs> I hope, Cicely, you are not inattentive now. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid I, I am. Oh, damn. <laughs> that is very strange now. Were I fortunate enough to be Miss Prism's pupil, I would hang upon her lips. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> Miss Prism, Prism the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I speak metaphorically, of course. My metaphor was drawn from bees. You immediately know he said some weird <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. I gotta reaffirm that one. My metaphor was drawn from bees. <laughs> Ahem. Mr. Worthen, I suppose he's not returned from town yet. <clears throat> we do not expect him till Monday afternoon. <laughs> ah, yes. He usually likes to spend his Sundays in London. Like a good man. <laughs> he is not one of those whose sole aim is enjoyment now. <laughs> As by by all counts there, that unfortunate young man, his brother, seems to be. But I must not disturb Egeria and her people any longer. Who the hell is Egeria? Oh, it's Miss Prism's oh, first well. name. Egeria! My name is Latiana, Doctor! <laughs> Bob Chester. A classical Bob. illusion, merely. Drawn from the pagan authors there. Of course, those heathens don't know how to write. <laughs> as I see you... As I shall see you both, no doubt, in an even song. Or a go to even song there. I think... What? Nothing, I'm laughing. Say it. No, I'm laughing. I have nothing to say. Of course you do. I think, dear doctor, I will have a story with you. I find I have a headache after all. I walk my do it some good there. That's again Jamaican. I need to stop doing that. With pleasure, Miss Prism. With pleasure. We might go and fight back at the schools and back. Gotta go back by schools there. I keep forgetting that you're not talking right now, so I keep thinking. No, nope, you're just I'm like. Just <laughs> of course you are. That would be delightful, Sicily. You will read your political economy in my apps. Uh, that hit home for me, that one, that political economy one. The chapter on the fall of rupee, on the fall of the rupee, you may omit. It is somewhat too sensational. Even these metallic problems have their gem melodramatic side. Goes down the garden with Dr. Chasble. Get Sassley shit on. Picks up books and throws them back on the table. <clears throat> Fucking got him. Talking horrid about coins. political economy. Horrid geography. Horrid, horrid German. I want a goose, Daddy. I want it, and I want it now. <laughs> no, but like she's saying, horrid German. I know she's not she... screaming. She's just saying, horrid German. Oh my God! And with a card on a salver. A card. No, I thought you said a cart on a salver, and car. I'm like, that's a brand new car. Like, you want your Honda CRV? You're the next contestant on the Press is Right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 
Remember, have your dog spayed and neutered? <laughs> yes, Drew Carey, I have. <laughs> I met him once. That was actually pretty cool. Really? Yeah, he was cool. That's pretty cool. Anyway. <laughs> Merriman. Who the hell is that? That's you. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, sweet. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> hang on. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. I'll switch this. Okay. <clears throat> Mr. Ernest Worthy has just <laughs> driven from the station. He has brought his luggage with him. Cecily takes the card and reads it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ernest Worthy, B4, the Albany, W, Uncle Jack's brother. Did you tell Mr. Worthing? Did you tell him Mr. Worthing was in town? Yes, miss. He seemed very much disappointed. I mentioned that you and Miss Prism were in the garden. He said he was anxious to speak to you privately for a moment. Ask Mr. Worthing to come here. I suppose you'd better talk to the housekeeper about a room for him. Yes, miss. Merriam goes off. Merriman, not Merriam. <laughs> I said Merriman. I thought you said Mary. <laughs> no, I said Merriam. Okay. <clears throat> I can never met... I have never met any really wicked person before. I feel rather frightened. <laughs> what? I am so afraid he will look like, just like everyone else. What the hell Enter is that? Enter Algernon, very gay and debonair. He does! <laughs> Algernon raising his hat. <laughs> my lady, you are, you are my little cousin, Cecily, I'm sure. So you see what Algernon is doing here? Yes, I do. He's calling himself Ernest. Psychopath. <laughs> and now he really is called himself Ernest. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> you are just some strange mistake. I'm not little. In fact, I believe I am more than usually tall for my age. That's not Algernon the point. Algernon is rather taken aback. But I am your cousin Cecily, yes. I see from yes. your card. You are Uncle Jack's brother, my cousin Ernest. My wicked cousin Ernest. Oh, this is getting weird, man. <laughs> this is a road I'm not sure we want to go down. Oh! I'm not really wicked at all, Cousin Cecily. You mustn't think that I'm wicked. This is fucking hilarious. I'm loving this. I don't know why you're not wanting to go down this road. It's hilarious. Oh, no. I was just saying in case it just sounds sketchy. I didn't say I didn't want to do it. If you are not, then you certainly have been deceiving us all in a very inexcusable manner. I hope you have not been leading a double life, pretending to be wicked and being really good all the time. That'd be hypocrisy. Algernon looks at her in amazement. Ho ho! Of course I've been rather reckless! <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Jesus Christ, these people. I, I, I get. I'm okay. I know this is meant to be comedy and satire, but deep down I feel like this is taken from real life scenarios so that people actually talk like this, and it's fucking infuriating to me right now. That people actually talk like the this? The double entendres that they are doing right now are driving me up the wall. <laughs> It's great. I love this, but it's driving me up the wall. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, it's a lot of hidden comedy that like, you have to listen. I, well, I'm not an idiot. I get it. <laughs> Only the smartest will understand, and you're just not there. <laughs> you're just not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. All right. Uh, no. Whose line is it anyway? I think it's mine, but <laughs> that whole conversation about you calling me stupid somehow got me... I didn't call you stupid, man. <laughs> Internally. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Okay, it's, uh, in fact, now you mention that. Okay, in fact, now that you mention this subject, I've been very bad in my own small way. Good God. Ew. Mm. That felt wrong. Like Michael Jackson bad? <laughs> I'm bad. Like I'm the bad. song or like him fucking kids? Shimonda. Like the song or him fucking kids? Which part? Want to go to Neverland Ranch? No. Blanky, you're going to fly. Stop, stop. Jesus Christ, he killed Kenny. Anyway. Um, 
I did not think you should be so proud of that, though I'm sure it must have been very pleasant. <laughs> it's much pleasanter being here with you. <laughs> I can't understand how you were here at all. Uncle Jack won't be back till Monday afternoon. That is a great disappointment. I'm obliged to go up by the first train on Monday morning. I have a business appointment that I am anxious to miss. <clears throat> Couldn't you miss it anywhere but in London? No, the appointment is in London. Well, I know, of course. How important is it not to keep a business engagement if one wants to retain any sense of beauty of life? But I still think you would better wait till Uncle Jack arrives. I know he wants to speak to you about your emigrating. <laughs> That's right. About my what? You're immigrating. He has gone up to buy your outfit. I certainly, would, certainly wouldn't let Jack buy my outfit. He has no taste in neckties at all. I did not think you were required neckties. Uncle Jack is sending you to Australia. Australia? Shit! I'd sooner die. It's too dry there. Well, he said at dinner on Wednesday night that you would have to choose between this world, the next world, and Australia. Fucking, that's a hell of a choice. <laughs> what? Is that a threat of death that he gave me? I, t I don't oh, know. Oh, well, the accounts I've received of Australia and the next world are not particularly encouraging. The world is good enough for me. This world, Cousin Cecily, I reread that shit. Yes, but you're not good enough for it. I'm afraid I'm not that. That is why I want you to perform me. <laughs> oh. <God. laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Chris Hansen. Can you please sit down? I love how we both, we just both stopped at that and we're like, ah. <laughs> The teacher in me got a little concerned. Mm. <laughs> well, she is 18, but this is still... I don't care. Mightily her. fucked up. I don't care that's the age. <laughs> I don't think that's the thing that bothers me right now. Oh, shit. Well, you, are you thinking of some other types of videos that... What? That have, are you thinking of some other types of videos that have these situations in them, Jake? No. <laughs> okay, in the general context, you're making me seem like a pervert. I'm kidding! <laughs> Not to the audience, you're not. Yeah, that's our whole gig, Jake. We make fun of each other. That's to be podcast. okay. In reality, no, no, I get you're 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 doing this as a gig, but in reality, for me right now, it's causing me a fucking trigger because I, as a teacher, they have us do mandatory reporter training. Oh, I know that. And, yes. Oh my god, this is getting me so bad right now. I'm like, I should be calling somebody. Yeah, it's not. Good. Phones haven't been invented yet. Anyway, yes, do take that stuff seriously. I'm not making fun of that. I was just trying to give you shit about, like, the other part of, like... Oh, okay. I wasn't making fun of mandatory reporter training. I was taking that in a different direction, but I'm not going to say it explicitly, because I... Yeah. Yeah, now you look like the jackass. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that was loud as hell. Oh, God. Uh, you have the... You, may, you might make... Okay. You might make... <laughs> you might make that your mission... If you don't mind, Cousin Cecily. I'm afraid I have no time this afternoon. Well, would you mind my reforming myself this afternoon? It is rather quixotic of you, but I think you should try. I will. I feel better already. You were looking a little worse. What the hell does he mean by that? Reforming myself? I don't know. Is that, I, is that mean something gross? I don't know, but look, the next line is... This is all because I'm hungry. How thoughtless of me. I should have remembered that when I was going to head an entirely new life. One requires an <laughs> regular, regular and wholesome meals. Won't you come in? Regular and wholesome meals. Thank you. I might have a buttonhole. <laughs> what? Might I have a buttonhole first? I think that's a cookie. 
Yeah. I never have had any appetite unless I've had a buttonhole first. Merci on you. Yo! <laughs> I'd rather have a pink rose. Why? Because you're like a pink rose, Cousin Cecily. I don't think it can be right for me for, for you to talk to me like that. I feel like... Okay, is he trying this to prison, eat a flower, literally? This prison never says such things to me. Yeah, because he's your teacher, you weirdo. Well, then Miss Prism is a short-sighted old bag. <laughs> Cecily... For the record, it says old lady, but I do like the... I do like your, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cecily puts the rose in, in his buttonhole. You're the prettiest girl I ever saw. Miss Prism oh. says that all good looks are, are a snare. Well, they are a snare that every sensible man would like to be caught in. Oh? I don't think You're I would You're talking to... to a teenager in your, in your 30s. <laughs> First of all... <laughs> He's doing this from the perspective of technically being this man's cousin. There's so many oh, this things is wrong. This is so cousin, wrong. which I guess in Victorian England wasn't that big of a deal. But not so. really. When you think about like their general bloodlines, cousins were sleeping with each other all the time back in the day, and that's probably why we have so many problems. So cousin Cecily, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I would care to catch a sensible man. I shouldn't know what to talk to him about. They must. They pass into the house. Miss Prism and Dr. Chasuble return. You are too much alone, dear Dr. Chasuble. Chasuble. <laughs> you should get married. A misanthrope, I can understand. A womanthrope, never. Ch- Chasuble with the scholar's shudder. Oh, dear me. Believe me, dear. I do not deserve so neologic... <laughs> what? Neologistic as phrase. The precept... As well as the practice of the primitive church was distinctly against matrimony. <laughs> You're almost an Irish there. That's I'm starting to have a stroke, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Please don't. There you go. A little bit of that for the ASMR fans out there. Because you have a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> that is obviously the reason why the primitive church has not lasted up to the present day. And you do not seem to realize, Doctor... That by persistently remaining single, a man converts himself into a permanent public temptation. (laughs) (laughs) What the shit? (laughs) Men should be more careful. This very celibacy leads weaker vessels astray. But a man is not equally attractive when married. No! Married man is ever attractive, especially to his wife. Except to his wife. Except his wife. And often I've been told not even to her. <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Come on down to my 18 herbs and spices. Come on down to Dr. Chasuble's Chasuble Bar. <laughs> That's like a place where he sells like mattresses. Dr. Chasuble's. Come on down to Dr. Chasuble's Chasuble Bar. We got five dollars off the Queen mattress. <laughs> Back on down to Priscilla's where he is. If you come on to Wednesday, it's ladies' night. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Hold up. From all the fun you're having? Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, actually. It depends on the intellectual sympathies of the woman. Maturity can always be depended on. Ripeness can be trusted. Young women are green. Oh, Dr. Jasper said. <laughs> I spoke horticulturally. My metaphor was drawn from fruits, but where is Cecily? <laughs> nice transition there. Perhaps she followed us to the schools now. Miss 
Mr. Worthing! Mr. Worthing there! <laughs> it is indeed a surprise. We did not look for you till Monday afternoon. Jack shakes Miss, Miss Prison's hand in a tragic what manner. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Where are these people coming from? <laughs> um, I have returned sooner than I expected, Dr. Chasble. I hope you are well. No, where did this bitch come from? <laughs> Dear Dr. Worthen, sorry, not doctor. Dear Mr. Worthen, I trust this gob of woe does not betoken some terrible calamity now. My brother. Oh, shit. Small shameful debts and extravagance there. Oh, no, sorry. More shameful debts and extravagance. Still leading his life of pleasure now. Jack, I'm shaking I'm, his head. Jesus, I'm trying to juggle Dead. all this. <laughs> You see what's about to happen, don't you? It's about to get really fucking confusing up in this book. I love the fact that you screamed dead. <laughs> Your brother Ernest is dead? Quite dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quite you should have just yeah. done that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you betcha there. Yeah, I know, definitely. I like to stick to the writing <laughs> mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I like to flare it up a little bit. So what's your problem? You're the type of guy who'd turn in like a like a like a like a pre-written essay but change yeah. a couple of words and be like, technically this is No, my that's writing. plagiarism, Matt. <laughs> I, I don't plagiarize. That shit I do not do. I'm giving you shit. Alright. Yeah, let's... I hope you are. I don't take that kindly and that attack on my honor now. Alright, a duel it is. <laughs> Do the old New Orleans Somebody way. Somebody grab the Nerf guns. <laughs> what, what we do? That would be beautiful. If you had handled an argument between you and a friend that way, <laughs> just Nerf guns with pistols. Hell yeah, I'll do that. Pistol, pistol Nerf guns. That'd, that'd be, be great. Be right. Fun, like one shot ones. Yeah, that'd be good. Right, going I, to you Walmart after this. <laughs> We're doing that. <laughs> oh, you know what they do sell? I know this is an office side. They do sell the rubber band guns that Mr. Sabarik used to have. They don't. Yes, they do. What? They do. I, and I would one. like to get one, yeah. At Walmart? I don't think at Walmart, but I can definitely order one online. I, but I, I saw one at Goodwill, and I really want it. I kind of want to go look at random shit at Walmart after this podcast. <laughs> Bring what to space with us. Well, yeah. Maybe. Let's finish this. Then we go to Walmart. <laughs> this is not I'm an ad for Walmart. Will, but okay. with, we're going to go to Walmart with masks, though. Yeah, with, yeah. With masks. What a lesson for him. I trust he will profit by it. <laughs> Mr. Worthen. I offer you my sincerest condolence. Now, you have at least the consolation of knowing that you are always the most generous and forgiving of brothers. <laughs> Why did you say the last? I don't know. You're good. Uh, <clears throat> poor Ernest. He had many faults, but it is a sad, sad blow. Very sad indeed. Were you with him at the end? No, he died abroad in Paris, in fact. I had a telegram last night from the manager of the Grand Hotel. What was the cause of his death that was mentioned? A severe chill, it seems. Hoo-hoo! A man's soul, so he shall reap. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, Dr. Chaslow, I didn't know you sound like... Damn, Miss Prison. Just go with it. Just roll with it. Oh, my God. Charity, my dear Prism Charity. None of us are perfect. I myself am particularly susceptible to drops. The fuck is he trying to? I don't know if that means something. I don't want to know what that means. Just I, keep going. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, Will the tournament take place now? No, he seemed to have expressed a desire to be buried in Paris. 
In Paris? Well, now that's a catfish's throw from the nearest pond. Why the fuck does Dr. Chaswell have all this? This man just came up and just like, this is hijacking like this whole... Yeah, I know. Did I do that again? Shit. I fear he, that hardly points to any very serious state of mind at the least. What is the hatred with France here? <laughs> I God, they didn't do anything wrong. You know what wrong. the funny part is? I'm pretty sure when Oscar Wilde died, he got buried in a cemetery in Paris. Probably. No, I think he did. Oh, I'm, I'm not denying that he probably did, because it was way more egalitarian there than it was in Britain. The, the, who he was as a person was probably more accepted there. Yeah, he ended up fleeing to France. So. Yeah, I know, because the British are a bunch of stuck-up fucks. Anyway, <laughs> at me. You can't even speak English properly. Have you ever heard Welsh? Exactly. Okay, I love our British listeners. <laughs> I do too, but just realize this is your culture. Don't, don't know. You've Brexited one too many. All right. I'm gonna put a Brexit up your ass. Anyway. Can you get a fish? A paragraph I want to. I really do. <laughs> you no doubt wish me to make some kind of slight accusation to this tragic domestic affliction next Sunday. Jack presses his hand convulsively. My sermon on the meaning of manna in the wilderness. Okay. Can be adapted to almost any occasion. Joyful or add as it is in the present case, distressing there. <laughs> What's this sigh? Get off no, my no, back. I'm, 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 just because I laughed, I'm condescending, my God. <laughs> you have some fucking confidence in yourself there, man. Good lord. <laughs> I have preached it at harvest celebrations, christenings, confirmations, and on days of humiliation and festival days. Yes, and I also did it last de- last Friday on Columbus Day. <laughs> anyway. I did. Well, I was digging a tunnel from China to North America. <laughs> and then uh, I said Marco when that bitch did Polo. Si, si, de cosa. Si, lo de Marco Polo. Sorry, that was, a, that was a Geico commercial that was way back in the day. Mm. Humiliation? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> the last time I delivered it was in the cathedral. As chair, they sermon on behalf of the society for the prevention of dis- discontent among the upper orders. The bishop who was present there was much struck by some of the analogies I drew. Ah, uh, that reminds me. You mentioned christenings, I think, Dr. Chaswell. I suppose you know how to christen, all right. Dr. Chaswell looks astounded. I mean, of course, you are continually christening, aren't you? Uh, Hold up. It is, I regret to say, that one of the rector's most constant duties is in the parish. I have often spoken to the poor classes on the subject. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So the poor classes on the subject, but they don't seem to know what thrift is. Fuck you. Yes, we do. <laughs> but there is any particular infant in whom you are interested. Mr. Worthing, your brother was, I believe, unmarried, was he not? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, well, now. <laughs> he decided to drink from a different well. Bitterly. Yeah, I know. People who live entirely for pleasure usually are. <laughs> but it is not for any child, chat. <laughs> it's not for any child, dear doctor. I am very fond of children. No, the fact is, I would I would like to be christened myself this afternoon if you have nothing better to do. Oh, 
But surely, Mr. Worthen, you have been christened already. I do not remember anything about it. Yeah, well, but you have... But have you any grave doubts on the subject? I certainly intend to have. Of course, I don't know if the thing would bother you in any way, or if you think that I'm a little too old for it now. Oh, not at all! The sprinkling and indeed immersion of adults is a perfectly canonical practice. Immersion? Yes, like a VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> you need have no apprehensions, my dear boy. Sprinkling is all that is necessary. <laughs> Sounds like he's trying to sell something. You only need one small pill and you'll get the gout gone. If you buy just one sprinkle for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, we'll put on the next sprinkle for just $3.99 plus shipping and handling. And the, but you got to call now. <laughs> if you call now, right now, within the next 20 minutes, you can get it absolutely free. Come on down to Sam's Sprinkle Shack. <laughs> <laughs> We're on fire tonight, all of us. <laughs> Our weather is so changeable. At what hour would you wish the ceremony performed? Oh, I might not round about five, if that would suit you. You might trot around from fucking... Yeah, you know what? He's been west. Perfectly west. now! Perfectly. In fact, I have two similar ceremonies to perform at that time. A case of twins that occurred recently in one of the outland cottages on your own estate. Poor Jenkins, the carter. A most hard-working man. <laughs> oh, I don't see how much fun in being christened along with other babies. It'd be childish. What about, what, half about five do? Admirably, boy, admirably. <laughs> Takes out his watch now. <laughs> oh, when's the steamboat come? And now, dear Mr. Worthen, I will not intrude any longer into a house of sorrow. I would merely beg you not to be too bestowed by grief. What seem to us bitter trials are often blessings in disguise. Jesus. This seems to be a blessing of an extremely obvious kind. Someone died. Someone has died. Not really, but they oh should believe someone's died, and that's the way they're reacting. What I love about this is that in my mind, the characters that we're using, that Miss Prism is every once in a while just saying something from far back off in the yard somewhere. Yeah. I'm very sorry that your father has died. Yes, he did! Anyway. <laughs> like a hype man. God. And to Cecily from the house. Uh, hey. Hey. I read the cues, You man. know what? You fucked up this time. I'll let I it go. I didn't get to say it because you kept talking. I didn't know what you were done. That's how I get you. from the house. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jack. Oh, I'm pleased to see you back. But what horrid clothes you've got on. Uh, do go and change them. Cecily! My child, my child. Cecily goes towards Jack. He kisses her brow in a melancholy manner. What is the matter, Uncle Jack? You look happy. You look as if you had toothache. And I got such a surprise for you. Oh, no. What do you think is in the dining room? Your brother. That's still oh, you. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> I have to have the conversation with myself again. <laughs> uh, um, who? Your brother, Ernest. He arrived about a half an hour ago. What nonsense. I haven't got a brother. Way to drop the ball, jackass. <laughs> Oh, don't say that. However badly he may have behaved in your pat in the past, he is still your brother. He couldn't be so heartless as to as to disown him. I'll tell him to come out, and you will shake hands with him, won't you, Uncle Jack? Runs back into the house. <laughs> now these are very joyful tidings. After we have all been resigned to his loss, 
His sudden return seems to me particularly distressing. <laughs> My brother is in the dining room. I don't know how... I don't know what it all means. I think it's perfectly observed. Enter Algernon incessantly. What I love is the fact they come that... Up slowly, so they come slowly up to Jack. God, Miss Prism is like totally just emotionally bereft of She just doesn't give a fuck about anything. No, not really. Jack. Uh, Good heavens! Motions Algernon away. <laughs> Brother John, I've come down from town to tell you that I am very sorry for all the trouble here I have given you. That I intend to lead a better life in the future. Jack glares at him and does not take his hand. Uncle Jack, you're not going to refuse your own brother's hand. Nothing will induce me to take his hand. I think he's coming down here disgraceful. He knows perfectly well why. <coughs> Uncle Jack, do be nice. There's some good in everyone. Ernest has been telling me about his poor invalid friend, Mr. Bunbury, whom he goes Mr. to Bunbury? visit. <laughs> yes, Mr. Bunbury, whom he goes to visit so often. And surely there must be much good in one who is so kind to an invalid and leaves the pleasures of London to sit by a bed in pain. Oh, he's been telling you about Bunbury, has he? Bunbury! <laughs> okay. Yes, he has told me all about poor Mr. Bunbury and his terrific state of health. <laughs> now you get to do it. We've <laughs> oh. <clears throat> created a monster. I know. Uh, Bunbury? Well, I won't have him talk to you about Bunbury or Bunbury! About anything else. It is enough to drive one perfectly frantic. Okay, it's difficult when I'm trying to talk and respond to myself, and if you fucking interrupt me, it makes it nearly impossible. <laughs> the whole point is that he's just insanely screaming in the back of the room. I know, but I'm trying to read the dialogue. I just can't. I mean, not speak, motherfucker. <laughs> Okay. Of course, I admit that the faults were all on my side, but I must say that I think that Brother John's coldness to me is particularly painful. I expect a more enthusiastic welcome, especially considering it was the first time I have come here. Uncle Jack, if you do not shake hands with Ernest, I will never forgive you. Never forgive me? Never, never, never. Never. <laughs> well, th well, this is the last time I shall ever do it. Shake hands with Algernon and Claire's. <laughs> it's pleasant. Oh, shit. It's pleasant, is it not, to see such a reconciliation? I think we might leave these two brothers together. This motherfucker says he's gonna leave. Cecily! Will you come with us? That motherfucker says he's gonna leave about, like, 20 minutes ago. He's like, I'll just stick around. Pretty much. That's, like, the Wisconsin way of saying well, I'm gonna leave. Well, I suppose I should head out. Oh, I gotta spend... You mean stay 30 minutes and talk another yeah. a little bit. Certainly, Miss Prism. My little task of reconciliation is over. You have done a beautiful action today, dear child. We must not be premature in our judgments. <laughs> wow, she just, just doesn't give a I feel happy. Fuck. Yeah, I'll go off. <clears throat> you young scoundrel. <laughs> Smooth. I just, I'm trying, these accents are confusing, man. Yeah. It's probably even more confusing in a second, too. Uh, <clears throat> you young scoundrel, Algie. You must... It's Jack. It's Jack. <laughs> like in the VO booth. It's Jack. I'm trying. <laughs> do you want me to do Whiskey it? Whiskey fishing. Okay. You, you young scoundrel. <laughs> Algie, you must go out of this place as Whiskey. soon as possible. 
I don't allow any bun bearing here. Moose enter, fishing. <laughs> enter Merriman. That's what I had to say to get back on track. I know. It's beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> I have put Mr. Ernest's things in the room next to yours. I suppose that is all right. What? Mr. Ernest's luggage, sir. I have unpacked it and put it in the room next to your own. His luggage? Jesus Christ. This is all becoming very Yes, confusing. sir. These... <laughs> Portentament and tests, a dressing case, two hat boxes, and a large luncheon basket. He's got a lunch. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm afraid I can't stay more than a week this time. Merriman, order the dog cart out at once. Mr. Ernest has suddenly been called back to town. Yes, sir. Goes back into the house. What a fearful liar you are, Jack. I have not been called back to town at all. Yes, you have. I haven't heard anyone call me. Your duty as a gentleman calls you back. Oh, my duty as a gentleman has never interfered with my pleasures in the smallest degree, you nitwit. I can quite understand that. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, Cecily is a darling. You are not to talk of Miss Cardew like that. I don't like it. Well, fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like your clothes. You look perfectly ridiculous. In nice them. comeback. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Why on earth don't you go up and change? Hold on, I gotta change the page here. It is perfectly childish to be in a deep mourning for a man who is actually staying for a whole week in your house as a guest. Guest, I call it grotesque! You are certainly not staying with me for a whole week as a guest or anything else. You have got to leave by the, f by the 4 5 train. I certainly will not leave you so long as you are in mourning. It will be utmost unfriendly. If I am in mourning, if I were in mourning, you would stay with me, I suppose. I should think it very unkind if you didn't. Well, if you... Well, will... Well, will it, you go if I change <laughs> my clothes? Why did they put well and will? That's so well, hard to... will you go if I change my clothes? Well, will you go if I change my clothes? See that? There you go. Yes. If you are not too long, I never saw anybody take so long to dress and with such little result. It's literally like you got... Well, at any rate, this is better than always being overdressed as you are. Oh! Oh! World Star! <laughs> Jesus, I, we blew the audio on that one for sure. You have to turn that down. <laughs> oh, I will. Yes. If you are not too long... Hold up. Nope, it's back. There you go. There you go. If I am occasionally a little overdressed, I make up for it by being almost immensely overeducated. I'm <laughs> Your nice. vanity is ridiculous. Your conduct and outrage and your presence in my garden utterly absurd. However, you have got to catch the 4-5, and I hope you will have a pleasant journey back to town. This bun-rearing, as you call it, has not been a great success for you. Goes into the house. Bun-rearing is always a success to me! <laughs> I think it has been a great success! I'm in love with Cecily, and that is everything! And there's Cecily at the back of the garden. Oh, God. She picks up the can and brings She's like, what the water fuck? The flowers. What is happening? <laughs> Mm. This is still Algonon, I think. Oh, sorry. But I must see here before I go and make arrangements for another Bunbury. Yes. Ah, oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get this voice back now. Hold on, I gotta move this chair in my ass. Oh, thank you for that information. You're welcome. Hey, I'm sitting on a bar stool. Shut oh, up. Oh, I merely come back to water the roses. I thought you were with Uncle Jack. He's gone and orders the dog cart for me. Oh, is he going to take you for a nice drive? He's going to send me away. Then we got to part? I'm afraid so. It is a very painful parting. It is always painful to part from people, from one who is known for a brief, very brief space of time. The absence of old friends can endure with equanimity. 
There you go. But even a monetary separation from someone to whom one has just been introduced is almost unbearable. That makes no fucking sense. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Enter Merriman. The dog car is at the door, sir. Argonon looks appealingly at Cecily. It can't. Oh, hold up. It can wait, Merriman, four or five minutes. Sorry, I thought he said Algernon. And yes, miss. Enter Merriman. Exit Merriman. I hope, Cecily, I shall not offend you if I say quite frankly and openly that you seem to me to be in every way the visible personification of absolute perfection. Good lord, that's like a homework card. Anyway. <laughs> that's I, the new I one. Think, I think with quite, I think your quiet frankness does you great credit, Ernest. If you allow me, I will copy your remarks into my diary. Goes over to the table and begins writing a diary. <laughs> if you allow me the ability to cite your research. <laughs> Do you really keep a diary? I give anything to look at it. May I? That's not creepy oh, at no. all. Oh no! Puts hand over it. Puts hand over it. Mm. You see, it's a very simple young girl's record of her own thoughts and impressions, and consequently meant for publication. When it appears in volume form, I hope you will order a copy. But pray, Ernest, don't stop. I delight in taking down from dictation. I have reached absolute perfection. You can go on. I am quite ready for more. What the hell? I'll get in diary form for publication. Algernon's somewhat taking it back. What it needs is a peer-reviewed study, and it needs to go before the board. Algernon's taking it back. <laughs> oh, don't cough, Ernest. When one is dictating, one should speak frankly, not cough. Besides, Six I don't know foot how distance, to spell asshole. Besides, I don't know how to spell a cough. Algernon speaks. Algernon's speaking very rapidly. Six foot social distancing. <laughs> ah, fuck COVID. Anyway. Shout out to Boozy. Alright. <laughs> You're gonna start talking again? <laughs> Not until you acknowledge what I said. I know what you said. I heard it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Jesus. You've been, ta- you've been saying that one line all day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cecily, ever since I have looked upon your wonderful and incomparable beauty, I have dared to love you wildly, passionately, devotedly, hopelessly. I you met her 15 minutes ago. I do not think that you should tell me that you love me. Wildly, mm. passionately, devotedly, hopelessly. Hopelessly doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? Cecily! A <laughs> dog car is waiting, sir! Tell it to come round next week at the same hour. Merriman looks at Cecily, who makes no sign. Yes, sir! Merriman retires. <sighs> that was loud. <clears throat> Uncle Jack would be very much annoyed if he knew you were staying until next week at the same hour. Oh, I don't care about Jack. I don't care about anyone in the world but you. I love you, Cecily. Will you marry me, won't you? You silly boy. Fucking of course. Hell. That Why? was abrupt we as hell. We've been engaged for the last three months. Um. <laughs> the last three months? Yes, it was. <laughs> she's fucking crazy. <laughs> You're all crazy. Yes, for that. <laughs> yes, it will be exactly three months on Thursday. But how did we become engaged? Well. Ever since the Uncle Jack first confessed to us that we, he had a younger brother who was very wicked and bad, you, of course, have formed the chief topic of conversation between myself and Miss Prism. Of course, a man who is much talked about is always very attractive. One feels there might more, may be something more to him in a, after all. I, I dare say it was foolish of me, but I fell in love with you, Ernest. Darling. <laughs> Sorry, I had to stand here. This one might be... I hope this doesn't throw the audio off. And when the engagement 
And when was the engagement actually settled? On the 14th of February last, worn out by your entire ignorance of my existence, I determined to, the end of the, I determined to end the matter one way or the other. And after a long struggle with myself, I accepted you under, you accept, I accepted you under this dear old tree here. The next day, I brought this little ring in your name, and that... Good lord. And this is a little ba bangle with the true lover's knot. I promised you always, you, you always to wear... Did I give you this? It's very prizzy, isn't it? Okay, my, my audio does not sound right. Okay. Okay, hang on. I, uh, I accidentally skipped pages some. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to jack around trying to keep this thing in production line. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yes, you've wonderfully good taste, Ernest. It's the excuse I've always given you for leading such a bad life. <laughs> And this is the box in which I kept all your dear letters. Kneels at table, opens box, and produces letter tied up with blue ribbon. Look at all the letters I saved! What letters? My own sweet Cecily, I have never written you any letters. <clears throat> you need hardly remind me of that, Ernest. Jesus Christ. I remember really too well that I was forced to write letters for you. I wrote... Good Lord. I wrote always three times a week, and sometimes often... This is almost sad. <laughs> This is getting kind of creepy. No, do not let me read them, Cecily. Oh, I couldn't possibly. They would make you far too conceited, replaces the box. The three, the three you wrote me after I'd broken off the engagement are so beautiful and so badly spelled that even now I can hardly read them without crying a little. Badly spelled? Interesting. Was your engagement ever broken off? Of course it was, on the 22nd of last March. You can see the entry if you like, shows diary. Today I broke off my engagement with Ernest. I feel it is better to do so. The weather still continues charming. But why on earth did you break it off? What had I done? I had not done anything at all, Cecily. I am very much hurt indeed to hear that you broke it off, particularly when the weather was so charming. It would hardly have been a really serious engagement if it hadn't been broken off at least once. But I forgive you... But I forgave you before the week was out. Algernon cr crossing to her and kneeling. What a perfect angel you are, my dear girl. You dear romantic boy. He kisses her. She puts her finger... Really? <laughs> Did you make the kissing noise? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> she, ASMR. She puts her fingers through his hair. Um, I hope your hair curls naturally, does it? Yes, darling. So, with a little help from others. I am so What bad. are the others in this scenario? Probably like the fucking like product he puts in it. So it doesn't really Pomade, grow naturally. probably. <clears throat> I don't want fuck, god damn it. I am so glad. I'm a dapper dan man. No. You're gonna breathe the... <laughs> yeah, I am. When I'm done quoting our brother, we're out now. Now give me a break. You'll never break off our engagement again, Cecily? I don't think I could break it off now that I've actually met you. Besides, of course, there's the question of your name. Yes, of course. You must not laugh at me, darling, but it had always been a girlish dream of mine to love someone whose name is Ernest. Oh Algernon God. rises, Cecily also. There is something in that name that seems to inspire absolute confidence. I pity any poor married woman whose husband is not called Ernest. Yes, but my dear child, do you mean to say that you could not love me if I had some other name? But what name? Oh, any name you like. Algernon, for instance. But I don't like the name Algernon. Well, my own dear, sweet, loving darling, I really can't see why you should object to the name Algernon. 
It is not at all a bad name. In fact, it is rather an aristocratic name. Half of I the like chaps getting more pissed when you say. I know. Half of the chaps who get into the bankruptcy court are called Algernon. But seriously, Cecily, if any name was Algie, wouldn't couldn't you love me? Rising. I might respect you, Ernest. I might admire your character, but I fear that I should not be able to give you any undivided attention. All right. Ahem, Cecily. Picking a pat. Mm, my hat. My dilby. <laughs> Sorry, there's something in my... Anyway. Your rector here is... Okay. I suppose... That, that part of the sentence had a stroke. Right? You... <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> you, you fine. I, I, Get off my ass. I'm not on your ass. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I don't plan to be <laughs> I suppose thoroughly, only thoroughly experienced in the practice of all the rites and ceremonials of the church. Oh, yes. Dr. Chasble is a must-learned man. He has never written a single book, so you can imagine how much he knows. Oh, God. Uh, it's like a Golden Girls episode. It really is. Well, it's meant to be stupid. That's I the- know. Uh, <laughs> you have I expressed this to me se- several times. Yes, sir. Yeah. Just apparently, I'm just that fucking stupid. No, it's no, Lucas. Jake, no. <laughs> anyway. Oh God. I must see him at once at our most important christening. I mean, on most important business. Oh. I shall be away for more than half an hour. I shan't be more than away for half an hour. <clears throat> Considering that we have been engaged since February the 14th and I only met you today for the first time, I think it is rather hard that you should leave me for so long as a period of half an hour. Couldn't you make it 20 minutes? I'll be back in no time. Kisses her and rushes down the garden. What an impetuous boy, impetuous boy he is. I like his hair so much, I may enter his proposal in my diary. I'm going to cut off a piece of his hair enter and Mary- save it. <laughs> Weirdo. Well, Miss Fairfax has just called to see Mr. Worthing. On very important business, Miss Fairfax states. Isn't Mr. Worthing in his library? Mr. Worthing went over in the direction of the rectory some time ago. Pray ask the lady to come to over here. Mr. Worthing is sure to be back soon. And you can bring tea. Yes, miss. He goes out. Miss Fairfax, I suppose one of the many good elderly women who are associated with Uncle Jack... And some of his, of his philanthropic work in London. I don't quite like women who are interested in philanthropic work. I think it is so forward of them. Oh, wow. Enter Merriman. Miss, Miss Fairfax! Enter Gwendolyn. Exit Merriman. Okay. Um, Cecily advancing to meet her. Pray let me introduce you to my, myself to you. My name is Cecily Cardew. Cecily Cardew? Mm, that's a stupid name. <laughs> Good lord. Moving to her, shaking hands. What a very sweet name. Something tells me that you are going to be great. We are going to be great friends. I like you already more than I can say. My first impressions of people are never wrong. How nice of you to like me after we have known each other. Uh, so after me so much after we have known each other, such a comparatively short time. Pray sit down. Still standing up. Okay. I may call you Cecily. Where the fuck did the southern accent come from? I may call you Cecily, may I not? With pleasure. And will you call me Gwendolyn? Won't you? Well, that's your fucking name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck else would I call you? <laughs> if you wish. If you wish. Then it's all quite settled, isn't it? 
I hope so. Mm-hmm. A pause. They both sit down together. And perhaps this will be a favorable opportunity for my mentioning who I am. My father is Lord Brackwall. You have never heard of Papa, I suppose? I do not think so. Outside the family circle, Papa, I am glad to say, is entirely unknown because he is stupid. <laughs> I think that it is... I think that is quite as it should be. Oh, this is the direction she's going, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. The home seems to be the proper sphere for the man. And certainly, once a man begins to neglect his domestic duties, he becomes painfully effeminate. Does he not? Oh, wow. All right. Well, don't you fucking gender shame here, lady. She is. She is. She's She's a righteous bigot. All right. Not righteous in a good way, but just... Dude, I know what you're saying. You did. And I don't like that. It makes men so very. It makes men so very attractive, Cecily. Mama, whose views on education are remarkably strict, has brought me up to be extremely short-sighted. <laughs> you damn right about that. <laughs> it is part of her system. So, do you mind my looking at you through my glasses? Oh, not at all, Gwendolyn. I am very fond of being looked at. Gwendolyn, after examining Cecily carefully through a longret. Ah. Part of me that did English teaching loves the fact that they used that as a double entendre to state that she was ignorant. <laughs> that was beautiful. Anyway. Uh, are you here on a short visit, I guess? Oh, no. I live here. Really? Wow. Your mother, no doubt, or some female relative of advanced years resides here also? Oh, no. I have no mother. No, in fact, any relations. Indeed. My dear guardian, with the assistance of Miss Prism, has the arduous task of looking after me. Hey, that'd be gone. Right. Your guardian? Yes, I am Mr. Worthing's ward. Oh, it's a strange he never mentioned to me that he had a ward. How secretive of him, because he's stupid. He grows more interesting hourly. I am not sure, however, that the news inspires me with feelings of unmixed delight. Rising and going to her, I am very fond of you, Cecily. I liked you ever since I met you. And I am bound to state that now that I know that you are Mr. Worthing's ward, I cannot help expressing a wish you were just a little older than you seem to be. <laughs> what? What, what does that mean? And not quite so alluring in appearance. In fact, I may, if I may speak candidly. Oh, she's jealous. Oh, she's about to let it loose. Pray do. I think that whatever, whenever one has anything unpleasant to say, one should always be quite candid. Well, to speak with perfect candor, Cecily, I wish that you were fully 42, or more than usually plain for your age. Ernest is a strong, uptight nature. He is the very soul of truth and honor. Disloyalty would be an impossible... <clears throat> sorry. Disloyalty would be as impossible to him as deception. He, But even men of the noblest possible moral character are extremely stupid, and they are extremely susceptible to the influence of the physical charms of others. Modern, no less than ancient history, <laughs> supplies us with many most painful examples of what I refer to. If it were not so, indeed, history would be quite unreadable. I beg your pardon, Gwendolyn. Did you say Ernest? Yes. Oh, but it is not Mr. Ernest Worthing who is my guardian. It is his brother, his elder brother. Ernest never mentioned to me that he had a brother. I'm sorry to say that they have not been on good terms for a long time. Ah. (laughs) That sound is not something I expect her to say. (laughs) The account, that accounts for it. And now that I think of it, I have never heard any man 
mention his brother. The subject seems very stupid to most men. Cecily, you have lifted a load from my mind. I was growing almost anxious. But those are for poor people. We don't like to be anxious. It would be it would have been terrible if any cloud had come across a friendship like ours, would it not? Of course, you are quite sure quite quite sure that it is not Mr. Ernest Worthing who is your guardian. Quite sure. A pause. In fact, I'm going to be his. I beg your pardon? Rather shy and confidingly. Dearest Gwenda, there's no reason why I should make a secret of it to you. Our little county newspapers are sure to chronicle the fact next week. Mr. Ernest Worthing and I are engaged to be married. I, I wish, now that I'm looking at it, that when I did that part where I said, I beg your pardon, I should have just said, the fuck did you just say? Gwenda would be quite politely rising. My darling Cecily, I think there must be some slight error because you're so dumb. My Ern Mr. Ernest Worthing is engaged to me. The announcement will appear in the morning post on Saturday at the latest. Cecily very politely rising. I'm afraid you must be under some misconception. We don't take too kindly to your type, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come on, boy. Get out. Ernest, Ernest proposed to me exactly ten minutes ago. Show's diary. <laughs> This tan ain't big enough for the two of us. Draw, boy! <laughs> Examine his diary thoroughly. I got you. Uh, I got log, you. Okay. log read carefully. It is certainly very curious, for he asked me to be his wife yesterday afternoon at 5.30. If you would care to verify the incident, pray do so. Produces diary of her own. I never travel without my diary, because I'm so, so smart. One should always have something sensational to read in the train. I am so sorry, dear Cecily, if it, if it is any disappointment to you, but I'm afraid I have the prior claim. So let that sit there for a second. It would distress me more than anything. No, no, no. I'm going to pick it up if you wait longer than 30 seconds to say anything. That wasn't 30 seconds. Well, it is to me, and it's free. I would distress... No, messed up my voice. <clears throat> it would distress me more than I can tell you, dear Gwendolyn, if it caused you any mental or physical anguish. But I feel bound to point out that since Ernest proposed to you, he clearly has changed his mind, you skanky bitch. That's <laughs> Gwendolyn. Get out of here, you sea witch. That's <laughs> what's going on right now. <laughs> She's taking her earrings off, ready to rock and roll in the parking lot of an IHOP. Pretty much. Gwendolyn, <laughs> meditatively. Yeah. <laughs> if the poor fellow has been entrapped into any foolish promise, I shall consider it my duty to rescue him at once and with a firm hand. Cecily, thoughtfully and sadly. Whatever unfortunate entanglement my dear boy may have got into, I will never approach him with it after we are married. <laughs> <laughs> Square up, you thought. It's about to go to hell. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you allude to me, Miss Cardew, as an entanglement? You are presumptuous and very, very stupid. On an occasion of this kind, it becomes more than a moral duty to speak one's mind. It becomes a pleasure. <laughs> Do you suggest, Miss Fairfax, that I entrapped Ernest into an engagement? How dare you? This is How no, dare this, you? This is no time for wearing the shallow mask of manners. When I see a spade, I call it a spade. And when I see a spade, then I call it a spade, and I'm going to smack you with a spade Glenn to shut you the fuck up. I'm glad to say that I have never seen a spade, because I do not know the meaning of hard work. It is obvious that our social spheres have been widely different. 
Enter Merv and follow the footman. The footman. The salver, tablecloth, and plate stand. Cecily's about to retru- re- re- uh, retort. The presence of the servants uh, exercises a re- restraining influence under which both girls chafe. <clears throat> Shall I lay tea here as usual, miss? Cecily, um, certainly in a calm voice. Yes, as usual. Merriman begins to clear the table and lay cloth along paws. Cecily and Gwendolyn glare at each other. Gwendolyn. <laughs> yes. Gwendolyn! Gwendolyn! Yes! Yes! You are the person I am talking to! Yes! Alright. Are there any... Are there many interesting walks in this vicinity, Miss Cardew? Oh, yes. A great many. From the top of one of the hills... Quite close, one can see five counties. Five counties? I don't think I should like that. I hate crowds. Cecily, sweetly. That's not what it means! I suppose that's why you live in town. Quentin bites her lip. And beats her Oh, it's getting sassy here. With her parasol. Quentin looking around. Beats her foot with her parasol. That's such a rich person thing to do. <laughs> okay. Quite a well kept garden, this is Miss Cardew. So glad you like it, Miss Fairfax. <laughs> so glad you like it. <laughs> Do you like my, my phrasing? <laughs> Do you like the smell of garlic? You like the smell of my foot coming right up your ass? <laughs> God, no. Red Foreman! You like the sound of my... No. <laughs> I had no idea. Hold up. I had no idea that there were any flowers in the country. Oh, flowers are so common here, Miss Fairfax. As people are in London. That's right, you scum. <laughs> Go on back, carpetbagger. <laughs> hey, I, I'm doing like the... Uh, I know. I'm doing the subtle approach. <laughs> the sort of like... The sort of like bless your heart kind of southern. Yeah, but like yeah. passive aggressive. So like I'm oh, not yeah, saying it, course. but I'm, you know. Of course. All right, I have lost my space. Person- oh, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Personally, I cannot understand how anybody manages to exist in the country. This actually sounds like the person we think it sounds like. <laughs> if anybody who is anybody does, the country always bores me to death. Ah, uh, that is what the newspapers call agricultural depression. Ah. Uh, it is, is it not? I believe the aristocracy are suffering very much from it just at present. It is almost an epidemic amongst them, I have been told. May I offer you some tea, Miss Fairfax? I am, I know that we live in an age where y'all just throw down and i know that's not given in this time period but i really am expecting them just to start grabbing extensions <laughs> with elaborate politeness thank you aside detestable girl but i require tea cecily sweetly sugar sugar <laughs> gwendolyn superciliously no thank you sugar is not fashionable anymore cecily looks angrily at her takes up the Tongs and put four lumps of sugar into the cup. Get some! Cecily severely. Fucking got him. Cake or bread and butter? Bread and butter, please. Cake is really seen at the best houses nowadays. Cecily cuts a very large slice of cake and puts it in the tray. Hand that to Miss Fairfax. Merriman does so Ooh. and goes out with the footman. Gwendolyn drinks the, the footman and makes a grimace. Puts down a cup at once. <laughs> reaches out her hand. <laughs> To the bread and butter and looks at it and finds it as cake. Rises in indignation. What? Gwendolyn. No, 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 no. We need to admit... We... What? Gwendolyn so she... doesn't know it's cake because... Sesame's talking to the, to the 
to Maryland. She, I was, mean, yes and, and sorry. Yes and no, because how could you mistake bread and butter for cake? That was behind her back. So Gwendolyn assumed it was gonna be bread and butter. She didn't see oh, okay. it until. All right, sorry, that was throwing me oh, off. You're good. You're good. I, it, Am I? It confused. Yeah, it confused me for a second okay. too. But then I understood. That's why I was. Funny. I didn't mean to sound condescending, but that's. Does <laughs> that make me feel bad, Jake? I'm sorry. You filled my tea with lumps of sugar, and though I asked most distinctly for bread and butter, you have given me cake. I am known for the gentleness of my disposition and the extraordinary sweetness of my nature, but I warn you, Miss Cardew, you may have gone too far. You may go too far. Oh, well, same thing, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Cecily, rise. To save my poor, innocent, trusting boy from the machinations of any other girl, there are no lengths to which I would not go. I will fucking hurt a bitch. <laughs> Basically, that's what she said. I will cut you. I will, I will get you, and I will make it sound like an accident. <laughs> I love that phrase. Now I'm going to use that more often. For the moment that I saw you, I distrusted you. I felt that you were false and deceitful, and you were fake as fuck. I never deceived. I am never deceived in such matters. My first impressions of people are invariably right. You are also a hypocrite. It seems to me, Miss Fairfax, that I am trespassing on your valuable time. No doubt you have many other calls of similar character to make in the neighborhood. <laughs> Enter Jack. You, Gwendolyn, catching sight of him. Jesus. Ernest, my own Ernest. Jack. <laughs> Gwendolyn. <clears throat> ah, sorry. Muskies. Muskies. <laughs> Gwendolyn, darling. Offers I, to kiss her. Gwendolyn, oh. drawing back. Uh oh, I found myself in a Brewers. <laughs> I found myself in a uh, Brewers Packers. Sounds division like I here. made the wrong sports trade there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sounds like I put. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know enough about specific sports people. Sounds like I pissed in my beer. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. Not to be honest. Uh, that is. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> A moment. May I ask you? May I ask if you are engaged to be married to this young lady? Points to Cecily. Jack laughing. <clears throat> the dear little Cecily. Of course not. What? What? What could have put such an idea in your pretty little head? <laughs> I love that this is happening. This is wonderful. Yeah, okay. it's just a fucking so much confusion. This is a eight-way fucking confusing mess. Yep. I beg your pardon. Oh, hold up. No, you're. Thank you. Thank you. You may. Offers her cheek. Cecily, very sweetly. <clears throat> I knew there must have been must be some misunderstanding, Miss Fairfax. The gentleman whose arm is present round your waist is my dear guardian, Mr. John Worthy. I beg your pardon. This is Uncle Jack. Gwendolyn receding. Jack? Oh. Enter Algernon. Here is Ernest. <laughs> I've come back from Bundering! Go straight with Cecily without noticing anyone else. My own love. Offers to kiss her. This is getting weird. Back. A moment, Ernest. May I ask you? Are you engaged to be married to this young lady? Algernon looking around. To what young lady? Good heavens, Gwendolyn! <clears throat> yes, to good heavens, Gwendolyn. I mean to Gwendolyn. Algernon laughing. Smooth. Of course not! She's a skank! What... What could have put such an idea in your pretty little mind? <laughs> He's basically the same thing fucking Jackson. Thank you. Presenting her cheek to be cheek her cheek to be kissed. You may. Algernon kisses her. <laughs> I felt that there was some slight error, Miss Cardew. The gentleman who is now embracing you is my cousin, Mr. Algernon Moncrief. Cecily, breaking away from Algernon. Al no. That's you, sorry. <laughs> you good. Algernon Moncrief. Oh. The two girls move towards each other. And she, put their I arms feel like there should have been more around each other's waist as if for protection. 
Cecily. Are you called Algernon? I cannot deny it. Oh. <laughs> Show me how you really feel, Christ. <laughs> the point is she doesn't give emotion. That's the whole character I'm portraying. I know. Go. No. This is Gwendolyn speaking now. Is your name really John? Jack standing rather proudly. I could deny it if I liked. I could deny anything if I liked. But my name is cert- certainly is John. It has been John for years. Cecily to Gwendolyn. <clears throat> A gross deception has been practiced on both of us. Oh, fucking world star. Gwendolyn. <laughs> my poor wounded Cecily. My sweet wrong Gwendolyn. Oh, no, fucking Slowly shut up. Seriously. <laughs> you will call me sister, will you not? They embrace Jack and Akron. Crone and walk up and down. Cecily rather brightly. There's just one question I would like to be allowed to ask my guardian. <laughs> An admirable idea. I'm oh, sorry, that's not him. An admirable idea. Mr. Worthing, there is just one question I would like to be permitted to put to you. Where is your brother Ernest? We are both engaged to be married to your brother Ernest, so it is a matter of some importance to us to know where your brother Ernest is at the present. Jack, slowly and hesitantly. Gwendolyn, Cecily, it is very painful for me to be forced to speak the truth. It is the first time in my life that I have ever been reduced to such a painful position, and I am rarely quite inexperienced in doing anything of the kind. However, I will tell you quite frankly that I have no brother, Ernest. I have no brother at all. I have, had, I have never had a brother in my life, and I certainly have not the smallest intention of, of ever having one in the future. <laughs> okay, it's a little late for that. No brother at all? No. No, hey, Jack. Hey, that's you. You're Jack. Oh, that's right. What do you mean, Jack, it's you? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) It's me. Nan. Gwendolyn severely. Have you ever had a brother of any kind? Never, not of any kind. Uh, Real pleasant there. I'm afraid it is quite clear, Cecily, that (laughs) that neither of us is engaged to be married to anyone. It is not a very pleasant position for a young girl to suddenly find herself in, is it? Okay. Uh, let us go into the house. This will hardly venture to come after us there. No. Men are so cowardly, aren't they? They retired in the house with scornful looks. Yeah, that's right, because we fight wars. <laughs> that we started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were dumb enough to... We're dumb enough to call a fight that we started and say it wasn't our fault. All right. Uh, <clears throat> the ghastly state of things is what you call bunburying, I suppose. Yes, and perfectly wonderful bunburying it is. The most wonderful bunbury I've ever had in my life. Well, you've, you've no right whatsoever to bunbury here. <laughs> this is absurd. One has a right to bunbury anywhere one wants. <laughs> Every serious bunburyist knows that. Serious bunburyists, good heavens. <laughs> well, one must be serious about something. If one wants to have any sort of amusement in life, this guy's a psychopath. He's a sociopath. I happen to be serious about bunburying. What on earth are you serious about? I haven't got the remotest idea. Maybe smelling of cheese. (laughs) About everything, I should fancy you have such an absolutely trivial nature. Well, the one small satisfaction I have in life of the whole wretched business is that your friend Bunbury is quite exploded. You won't be able to run down to the country quite so often as you used to, dear Algy. And a very good thing, too. Your brother is a little off-color, isn't he, dear Jack? You wouldn't be able to disappear to London quite so frequently if your wicked custom was... Oh, sorry, as your wicked custom was. And not a bad thing, either. 
As for your conduct towards Miss Cardew, I must say that your taking in a sweet, simple, innocent girl like that is quite inexcusable, to say nothing of the fact that, that she is my ward. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> just, he's over the edge at this point. I can see no possible defense for all of you are deceiving a brilliant, clever, thoroughly experienced young lady like Miss Fairfax to say nothing of the fact that she is my cousin. I wanted to be engaged to Gwendolyn, that is all. I love her. Well... <laughs> Oh, God. Well, I simply wanted to be engaged to Cecily. I adore her. There is certainly no chance of marrying Miss Cardew. That's right. I adore her more than I adore Bundering. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a lot. I don't think there is much likelihood, Jack, of you and Miss Fairfax being united. Well, that is no business of yours. If it was my business, I wouldn't talk about it. Muffins. But you to eat muffins. <laughs> you to eat muffins. It's very vulgar to talk about one's business. Only people like stockbrokers do that, and they merely at dinner parties. How can you sit there, calmly eating muffins, when we are in this horrible trouble? I can't make out. You seem to me to be very perfectly heartless. <laughs> muffins! <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't eat muffins as an agitated manner. The butter would probably get off my cup. Wait, what? The butter cups. would probably get on my cuffs. I would always eat muffins quite calmly. It is the only way to eat them. I say it is perfectly heartless you're eating muffins at all under the circumstances. When I'm in trouble, eating is the only thing that consoles me. Indeed, when I'm in really great trouble, as anyone knows me intimately will tell you, I refuse everything except food and drink. At the present moment, I am eating muffins because I am unhappy. Because I am particularly fond of muffins. <laughs> Jack Rising. <laughs> Well, like muffins? Is, well, that is no reason. Why, well, that is no reason why you should eat them at all in a greedy way. Take the muffins from Algernon. Algernon offering tea cake. He's are you gonna cake. do it in the accent, or are you just giving up on that? I did it. I was it? No, it didn't even sound like I it to me. I don't care. Keep going. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I wish you would have a tea cake instead. I don't like tea cake. Good heavens! I suppose Minnie eat his own muffins in his own garden. A man may eat his own muffins in his own there garden. There you go. All right. But you have just said it is perfectly heartless to eat muffins. I said it was perfectly heartless of you under the circumstances. That's a very different thing. Yes, that may be, but the muffins are the same. This is the muffin dish from Jack. This is becoming a stupid argument. <laughs> no. <laughs> Algy, I wish to goodness you would go. Oh, you can't possibly ask me to go without having some dinner. It's absurd. I will never go without my dinner. No one ever does, except of vegetarians and people like that. Besides, I have just made arrangements to Dr. Chastable to be Christian, Christian, christened at a quarter to six under the name of Ernest. My dear fellow, the sooner you give me up that give up non that nonsense, the better. I made arrangements this morning with Dr. Chastable to be christened myself at 5.30, and I naturally will take the name of Ernest. Gwendolyn would wish it. <clears throat> we can't both be christened Ernest, it's absurd. Besides, I have perfect right to be christened if I like. There is no evidence that I have been christened by anybody. I should think it extremely probable I never was, and so does Dr. Chastable. It is entirely different in your case. You have been christened already. <laughs> you have been christened already? You, you started to sound like a racist stereotype of a Mexican person. Oh, no. I know you weren't going for that, but that's no. the way it kind of came off. It's okay. It's all right. Everyone does it once in a while. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Who is that? You'll find out. Yes. But I've not been christened for years. Yes, but you have been christened. That is the important thing. Oh, yes, quite so. 
So I know my constitution can stand it. If you are not quite sure about your ever having been christened, I must say I think it is rather dangerous you're venturing on it now. It might make you very unwell. <laughs> Jesus. Dear Christ. You can hardly have forgotten that someone very closely connected with you has best, has very nearly carried off this week in Paris by a severe <laughs> chill. <laughs> Jesus. Do you remember him? <laughs> he went bunburying. <laughs> you remember bunburying? <laughs> Yes, but you, you said yourself that a severe chill was not hereditary. Uh, yes, it used not to be. It used, usent to be. Fuck me. <laughs> That's an awful word. I know, but I dare say that it is now. Science is always making wonderful improvements in things. Jack picking up the muffin dish. Oh, that is nonsense. You're always talking nonsense. Oh, Jack, you are at the muffins again. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. There are only two left. Taste them. <laughs> I told you I was particularly fond of muffins. But I hate tea cake. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Why on earth, then, do you allow tea cake to be served up for your guests? What idea? What ideas you have of hospitality? Algernon, I have already told you to go. I don't want you here. Why don't you go? Do I stay or should I go? I haven't quite finished my tea yet. And there's still one muffin left. <laughs> Jack grits and sinks into a chair. Algernon still continues He's eating. your home troubled by strange noises? Do objects move about your domicile seemingly of their own volition? Do unseen talking rodentia leave unsightly teeth marks in your butter? Do large hairy anthropoids stalk your yard? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then don't wait another day. Listen to the Least Haunted Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Least Haunted Podcast, a place where skepticism, science, anthropology, and humor meet to discuss all things haunting, spooky, supernatural, and sometimes just the plain stupid. Join me, your host, Cody Franks, and your co-host, Garth Von Onnen, that's me, as we journey all around the realms of the paranormal sciences to look with a critical and skeptical eye at various and sundry topics such as witches, talking mongooses, the yeti, superstitions surrounding the Black Death, the great clowning of 2016, and a psychic cold war for the very soul of England. And that's just in the first several episodes. So join us every other week for a fun and hopefully entertaining informative dive into all manner of spooky and strange occurrences, people, places, and things. The Least Haunted Podcast. Because the only thing that's haunted is you. Haunted is a relative term. Scientific knowledge does not acknowledge the existence of ghosts, haunts, spooks, specters, and general phantasma. The producers of Least Haunted are not responsible for any crisis of faith, of demonic possession, spontaneous development of supliferous nipples, or unintelligible writing that bleeds through the plaster of your walls that might develop as a result of listening to this podcast. Offer void in parallel dimensions, alternate realities, and timelines in which you are your own mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, child, niece, nephew, and or any combination of paradoxical, unbranching genealogies thereof. First go. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Woo. Damn. Thank you.